and welcome to Spanish Answers, episode 35. I'm your host, Sarah, with Language Answers, and today's cultural tip number two is about Spain's holidays. According to Expatica, there are about 12 holidays, so eight of these are celebrated nationally, and then four of them are decided by each region. If you remember from our last episode, there are quite a few different regions within Spain. So comparing the list from Expatica and from officeholidays.com, I've come up with the following list that focuses only on national holidays, plus three holidays that are celebrated by all of the regions of Spain, except for maybe a few. The reason for this is because there are so many regional holidays that there's simply just not enough time to get all of them talked about and discussed in this episode. But if you do want to learn more about these, I have included the links to my research resources for this episode. First off is New Year's Day, celebrated on January 1st, also known as Año Nuevo, and of course this is just celebrating the new year. Next, on January 6th, is Epiphany Day, or Three Kings Day, or Día de los Reyes Magos. So this is one of those regional holidays where all of the regions except Basque Country and La Rioja celebrate it. Now, according to Office Holidays, Epiphany Day is more popular in Spain than it is in Christmas and the children will actually send letters to the Magi asking them for gifts, and they get them on January 6th. And Britannica also says that this is the day where children receive gifts, which I thought was really interesting, since, you know, here in America, the day where we really celebrate and focus on the gift-giving is Christmas Day itself. So just a side note for anyone who maybe isn't familiar with the Magi, traditionally speaking, Christians say that there were three magi, or wise men, who followed the star to find Jesus and worship him. So they knew that the king of the Jews had come, and they basically go and they find him about when he's two years old. One thing that's interesting is that while traditionally we always say that there were three, the Bible really doesn't specify how many magi there were. There could have been three, there could have been more, we just know that there were multiple magi. Next, we get into Easter week. So. April 9th, Thursday, is Holy Thursday, or Jueves Santa, and this is celebrated by all the regions except for Catalonia. And I have done an episode on Easter week, well, really just Easter, so if you would like to learn more about the holiday, I really encourage you to go listen to that episode. Then, of course, there's Good Friday on April 10th, or Viernes Santo, and then, of course, Easter is Sunday. But since it's always celebrated on a Sunday, it doesn't really count as a public holiday, so to speak, because you work normally from Monday to Friday. But still a really important holiday. Easter in Spanish is La Pascua or La Pascua de Resurrección. Then there is Labor Day or Workers' Day on May 1st, which is Día del Trabajo. And it's basically the same as here in America. It's the celebration of workers, those who work. Then on August 15th, it's the Assumption of Mary, or La Asunción de la Virgen. This day is always celebrated on August 15th, so this year the holiday is on a Saturday. Now, this holiday is a Catholic holiday that celebrates the, well, Assumption of Mary, which is basically where God takes Mary, both body and spirit, up into heaven. Then we have Spain's National Day, or Columbus Day, or Hispanic Day, or Fiesta Nacional de España, or Día de la Hispanidad. So, lots of different ways to say this holiday's name, 
but essentially it is the celebration of the day that Christopher Columbus steps foot in the New World. I know that recently there has been some controversy over Columbus Day here in America, but I for one think that there is something important about Columbus discovering the New World, and while there were bad things that happened because of it, there were also a lot of really good things. And because Spain had such a huge role to play in that, I think it's really cool that they do celebrate Dia de la Hispanidad. Next, we have All Saints Day, or La Fiesta de Todos los Santos, which is November 1st, and this day is a day to remember all of the saints, both known and unknown, and to celebrate them. Now, it sounds like, according to Office Holidays, that this day has also become a day where people just remember the deceased, and they also, it sounds like, have some really cool snacks, like castañas, which are roasted chestnuts, or buñuelos de viento, which I guess are fried dough fritters that have custard or chocolate inside them or cream, which sound amazing and I really want to see if there's a place near me that might sell these. Then there is the Spanish Constitution Day or Dia de la Constitución, which is celebrated on December 6th and it is in commemoration of the Spanish people approving of the Spanish Constitution in 1978. If you've ever studied the Franco dictatorship that happened in Spain, then you can understand just how big of a deal it is that Spain once again became a democracy. So this is a very important holiday in that sense. And if you haven't studied the history of Franco and his reign of terror, so to speak, then I highly recommend that you do research it because it is a good reminder that we really shouldn't take freedom for granted. Okay, we have two holidays left. December 8th is the Immaculate Conception, or La Immaculada, which is celebrated by all regions except for Basque Country, Catalonia, Ceuta, Navarre, and the Canary Islands. Now, when I first saw the Immaculate Conception, I actually thought it was talking about the Immaculate Conception of Jesus, how, you know, his mother was a virgin and she conceived him through the Holy Spirit. But that's actually not what this holiday is about. So it's a Catholic holiday that celebrates the Immaculate Conception of Mary. And it also celebrates the idea that Mary was without sin or without original sin her entire life. Now, since I am not Catholic, these two holidays we talked about that involve Mary are holidays that I personally don't celebrate because I don't agree with them. But I think it's pretty cool to learn about them. So I'm not going to get into the arguments here about why you should celebrate it or why you shouldn't. I'm just going to present what the holidays are, some cool facts about them, and leave it at that. Last, but certainly not least, is December 25th, Christmas, La Navidad. And since I've already taken up more time with this than I expected, and because I've also talked about how Christmas is celebrated in Spain in other episodes, I'm going to leave it at that. So let's go ahead and begin with our six classic Spanish nursery rhymes. For the first three, I've used 35 preciosas canciones infantiles para aprender jugando by Adrián Triglia. And this is from Saber Vivir TVA. So they've got 35 nursery rhymes that you can look. They've got links to, uh, I think a lot of them are YouTube videos, so you can actually listen to them and see how they're sung, which is pretty cool. But I wanted to only focus on three songs from this website, and the first one is Chuchua Chuchua, 
which is just kind of a fun little song. I've included the direct link to the YouTube version in the show notes as well. And one of the reasons why this song is good to know, not just because it's fun and really classic, but because it also helps you learn different commands regarding different body parts. So, you know, raise your arms, raise your thumbs, all of that. And then there's La Rana Sentada. And this song is almost a tongue twister. The way that the YouTube video sings it, it just bam, 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 just goes, 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 goes. But this song is cool because it helps you to learn different animals and then events happening, like this guy shows up, the frog is singing under the water, all of that. Another song is Mi Berro Enfermo, My Sick Donkey. I really enjoyed this song because it's kind of silly, right? The whole song's about a donkey that is sick and how the doctor keeps giving him different prescriptions. And the prescriptions aren't necessarily sensible. In fact, they're rather ridiculous. So that's entertaining. But it does help you to learn how to say this hurts or that hurts. And it even does have some use with all the remedies, like you learn how to say a thick cap. But anyway, I've tried to include links to English translations of these three songs in the show notes as well. Next are two Spanish lullabies that come from the document written by Elizabeth Alvarado on Spanish Mama called Spanish Lullabies, 20 Popular Songs with Lyrics. Now, I've chosen two that are my favorite to sing to my little girl. The first is Arroro Mi Niño, and there are a ton of different versions with this song. So I've included the direct link to the YouTube video, but I've also included a link to the version on Mama Lisa's World. And essentially the song is just about trying to get a child to go to sleep who really doesn't want to go to sleep. It's a very sweet, slow song. And along those lines is also A La Nanita Nana. And I adore this song, mainly because I was first introduced to it when I was a young girl and I was watching Disney's The Cheetah Girls 2. Not exactly the proudest thing of my life, but I love this song. So I've, of course, included a link to the Disney version, but I've also included a link to a version I just discovered by Gino and Sofia Kiriko. I really hope I didn't butcher their names, but it's a really pretty song. It's basically just a nice, beautiful lullaby. Now, I have included the version on Mama Lisa's World as well, and they've got, I think, the entire song. I think it's the entire song. So one thing to know about this song is that it is a very long song, but at least from the versions I've listened to, I believe that most of the time people only sing a few of the verses. And when they sing it, it's kind of a more happy, my child just is sleepy and is going to sleep and how much I love you and all of that kind of song. Last but not least, we have Pimpon es un muñeco, which is just a fun kid's song and it really can help you learn the vocabulary and the actions of doing some daily routines, so like washing your face, going to bed, etc. I have included two different versions from 30 plus Spanish nursery rhymes with bilingual lyrics in Spanish and English, from bilingual kids spot, and then also 10 canciones infantiles populares para cantar juntos by Pequeocio. I honestly have no idea how to say that website's name. But they have different versions. This is another song that's got a lot of different versions. So you can check out the YouTube 
videos there, but the YouTube video that seemed the longest was the one from Diez Canciones, so I've included the direct link to that on YouTube as well. So go ahead, please check out all of these different websites and all of the different songs that we've talked about today. I've also included 15 traditional nursery rhymes in Spanish by Hispanic Mama, which also lists more traditional nursery rhymes. So a lot of these lists that I've mentioned have some of the same songs, but if you look at all of them combined, you'll have a ton of resources for songs that you can either learn yourself or teach to your children and just learn and build that basic vocabulary in Spanish. So enjoy. That's all for today. Please don't forget to check out the show notes for notes and or links to resources used for this episode. This episode was brought to you by Language Answers Limited. If you're looking for a Spanish to English translator, someone to edit or review your documents, or would like tutoring, you can email me at contact at languageanswers.com. That's contact at languageanswers.com. Or visit my website, www.languageanswers.com. You can also send me your questions or topics you'd like me to discuss in a podcast episode. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you in two weeks. Music